Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. So, uh, you were a doctor, right? You traveled all over the world, didn't you? You must have seen some nasty stuff out there. But you made it through everything. You probably thought you'd drop dead peacefully in your sleep. And then... This happens. Today's episode highlights the character-driven zombie horror of Dominique Rocher's The Night Eats the World, which is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Adapted from the French novel of the same name, The Night Eats the World follows Sam, who wakes up the morning after a party to find that Paris has been decimated by a zombie apocalypse. Sam fortifies an apartment building in an attempt to survive, though the outside world calls to him in more ways than one. And to help me fend off the undead hordes is returning friend of the show, Berto. Welcome back, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, This is one of those movies that I think it's very easy for people to kind of overlook Mm -hmm. just because of how minimalist it is. And it kind of defies the traditional zombie expectation for like a zombie movie, I think, in a big way. And it's one of those movies that I think you and I have a great appreciation for based on all the different elements of it that make it so different from a traditional movie. traditional zombie film in a lot of ways but for you what is the big thing about the night eats the world that makes it stand out amongst the kind of hordes of zombie movies we get every year um for me i think to me it feels like the zombies are very realistic in the sense that they don't make any sound they're very quiet but at the same time they're so alert and fast and it's it just adds more of a real it felt to me this movie felt like if there's a zombie outbreak it's probably the realest it can get like the closest to it and the zombies just felt like they were dead, but they were like still like it, it, they just seemed so like agile and so human like and they weren't really like slow walkers. They were literally running and like they were just insane. And I loved everything about that. The fact that the zombies, they were able to pull that off. Um, I think it's great. It adds more intensity to the movie. Yeah, it's one of the few zombie works that doesn't pick up six months or a year into the apocalypse, right? It's- yeah it's within 10 to 12 hours the movie picks up right he goes to the party to get his stuff from his ex-girlfriend he kind of goes into the back room after having a bunch of drinks falls asleep wakes up the next morning comes out of the back room that he fell asleep in and it looks like a war zone unfolded in the room in the apartment rather that was a great intro yeah yeah there's like blood everywhere there's nobody there the apartment is trashed and he's kind of like what the hell like it's like he woke up into a nightmare basically yeah and I think that that is very telling in terms of what you were talking about with the zombies. Like the zombies look fresh. They look like they were just eviscerated. They're not rotting like in The Walking Dead where it picks up, I don't know how many months in the apocalypse or whatnot, Mm -hmm. where they look like monsters. Whereas in this, for the most part, all the zombies we see, they look like normal people. It's just, oh, hey, they've got a fresh face wound or they're missing an arm or a limb or something to that effect. Yeah, the uh, that first scene that you get to see where he encounters the first zombie, which is his ex girlfriend, that was like such an like a great moment because you see like he like the doors like cracked open, he's like peeking over the door, and you see she's just standing there and she says or he says something, I think she says like hey hello or like whatever, and then she like turns around and her face is like literally mauled like 
I was like, holy, like that made me jump for a little bit. I was like, Jesus, I was not expecting that. And then she all of a sudden gets up and like two other zombies are coming up the stairs and they're running so fast. And like, he kind of just slams the door. And that, that, to me, that's such a great intro because it just shows you, kind of sets the tone for the movie and what kind of zombies they're going to be. Yeah, the scares in this are very subtle. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a really key element to the film and that the film is subtle. There isn't a lot of the kind of traditional zombie mo- uh, moments, right? There mm-hmm. are There isn't constant decapitations and headshots and all those kinds of things that people that I guess from a surface level examination of zombie movies that's kind of like the go-to zombie experience for movies right something that has lots of heads getting exploded and getting decapitated and all Mm -hmm. that this film instead goes for a lot of really subtle moments like that and that introduction perfectly sets the tone for the entire movie right Mm because the movie is not really concerned with displaying survival as being hard, right? Because yeah. we see this idea that he's able to survive. Yeah, he almost gets killed a couple of times, but he's pretty well set up in that apartment, right? He, yeah. It's very realistic in the way that he kind of fortifies his defenses. He has one or two close calls, but then he kind of gets a rhythm going down. He locks down the apartment complex. And then it's not really about day-to-day survival in the traditional sense. Like he's fending off uh, zombies breaking in day in and day out, right? It's more about showing that survival is possible, but since this is such a character-driven movie, I feel like it's almost more about impressing upon the viewer that you need to find a reason to want to survive. Right, yeah. Survival is possible, but the reason or the drive to want to survive is much more difficult. Yeah, I think, and also being isolated by yourself, that's also, I feel like, something that you really get to see it's the movie's not based on, like you said, survival. It's more based on like, how would you handle yourself in a situation where you're by yourself, isolated in this giant building, and it's just you and, you know, there's literally zombies that they can run just as fast as you, if not faster, but you have to kind of manage how you're going to deal with being by yourself. I think that was kind of, for me, it came off as being one of the key things that we get to see the character, uh, Sam, kind of starts to deal with later on as he starts keeping track of the days and the days go by that he's kind of like slowly starting to lose it. Yeah, and I think that that is one of the main elements that makes this film so unique in that it very much focuses the shift or shifts the focus rather from traditional kind of zombie carnage in favor of more of a traditional kind of like survival movie. It's almost like they've swapped out the the character being like stranded on an island or deserted on an island it's just he's in an apartment building in the middle of Paris and surrounded by zombies. He can't leave realistically. And yet he does a lot of the same things where he's taking stock of inventory. He's kind of being cautious of how he explores the building, right? Because he yeah. begins in that singular apartment. And then he very meticulously starts to go from level to level, apartment to apartment. And he kind of like creates a system for himself in a way that I don't think we necessarily always see with a lot of zombie movies. It's kind no. of like, oh... We start off in this one place, now we have to get across the city because that's our only chance for rescue or something to that effect. Whereas in this, it really is about making the best of a bad situation in a singular location. There's no, the film is not really dictated by this idea that, okay, we have to meet the helicopter to get evac'd or something like that. It's kind of just, hey, I'm not gonna leave because this building is safe. How long can I stay in this building and continue that kind of safety? Yeah, he's, he's not really on a time crunch other than the fact that just running out of supplies, but there's no like, oh, I got to be 
like you said, the helicopter's leaving in like an hour or two, whatever. He's just kind of like more of like, I'm in by myself, I'm surviving, and I just locked down the house. And I love the fact that he goes through every like, like room or house, and it kind of like he marks the doors like there's zombies here. Like he just makes sure like if you forget, you know, there's a mark on the door. But overall, yeah, I really enjoy that it was more based on survival and not as like you said he's kind of stuck in this building instead of an island it's like it's more about his survival and not the zombies trying to like kill him because the zombies kind of act like nothing's there until he they hear a noise and then they snap out of it yeah and i think that that again is what makes this work so well because it is a singular character driven film and there isn't a lot of dialogue throughout the entire movie and the idea that they focus less on him being portrayed as like some kind of badass survivor warrior it's very grounded in reality this idea that yeah sure you could survive in a building or a house by yourself for a long period of time it is possible but the fact that a movie if this movie did not address the fact that that takes a toll on your sanity to a certain extent it would be a complete it would be more of an unrealistic movie granted it's about the the living dead or the walking dead so (laughs) it's pretty unrealistic but my point being it takes a very realistic portrayal of capturing the psychology of a singular person living throughout an apocalypse, basically. Mm -hmm. And kind of, we see the different ramifications that has on his psyche. And that is ultimately, I think, what makes the movie that has very little dialogue that much more engaging. Yeah, so it's it's basically him in a time crunch with his his sanity, basically. Yeah, absolutely. It's driven to the point where it's like, He's doing fine the first couple of weeks, and I think it's like a month. I think it, we only get to see up to 30, 30 days. I think I, I don't know. I was keeping track of like I wanted. I was one of the things. So this is my second watch. So I wasn't sure the first time how long he actually's been alive or how long he's been by himself. But then we get to see in the window that he keeps tally. Um, I think it was thirty plus days. So it was like a month by yourself. It's not bad, but I feel like. I've heard that after a couple of like weeks by yourself, you kind of start to go crazy. Just the fact that there's nobody around. Um, I guess that's why they say that surviving in the middle of nowhere by yourself can take a toll on you. But you can definitely see that he's slowly losing his mind and like to the point where he doesn't even care. He's making all this noise and he's like playing the drums and he's jamming away in music. And it's just like you get to really see the toll that it really takes on a human being. Um, just like their insanity and just trying to stay calm and like in, in such an intense situation where he kind of, he kind of just settled into the building and just like, this is where I'm going to live for the rest of my life. Like he doesn't really think much about trying to run until near the end where he's kind of already like lost his mind. Yeah, absolutely. And we see that shift in his mental state. It's very gradual, right? It's not Mm -hmm. kind of just immediate. It's not like he just lose all of a sudden one day, he's just completely loses it. Right. It starts with him having that moment of catharsis where he just wilds out and jams out on the drums, right? And he realizes that, oh, that attracts zombies, obviously. You're making all this crazy noise. And yet he doesn't care. He keeps doing it. And he goes back and does it again later in the film, a little more purposefully that time because he has fully lost it at that point. But, I mean, it's very gradual again because there's this zombie that isn't locked in the elevator that he names Alfred. And I'm pretty sure that that is the caretaker of the apartment. Yeah, um, I'm it pretty sure like, I'm, I'm it not, like it. Yeah, yeah, because it's like an older guy. He says he's retired. I'm pretty sure he is. He might not be though. But, anyways, that basically becomes his only friend, and mm-hmm. he to the point where he kind of like shakes his hand at one point. <laughs> yeah. He starts having these full blown conversations, yeah. and on a first watch, I thought that entire element was pretty over the top. 
It's yeah. like very on the nose, the idea that, yeah, he's losing his mind to the fact that he's trying to befriend a zombie. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, in having watched it a second time and kind of focusing more on his mental state and the shifting mm-hmm. in that and seeing how it's very gradual, but it's very consistent throughout the yeah. movie, that really worked for me in a way that by the end of the film, yeah, it doesn't seem that crazy because if you were by yourself for... We don't know the specific amount of time, but he's been there enough time that a season has passed because it right. becomes winter towards the end of the movie. Yeah. So he's been there a considerable amount of time with no one to talk to. Like, yeah, this other person might not talk back to him, but it's better than him talking to a wall or talking to himself, right? That's so true, yeah. He does kind of, he forms a literal bond with this living dead person, even though that's a different type of insanity in and of itself. Yeah, no, that's definitely, yeah, like, I mean, we always get to see at the end, like, near the end, he kind of, when he's thinking about leaving, he kind of just unlocks the door, or, like, he kind of just lets him out, and it's just, like, to that point where it's, like, literally, he's just standing there, and the zombie walks by, which I thought was kind of interesting, that there's the zombie never reacted to him being there, so now, that kind of, like, raised an eyebrow for me, it's, like, so what does he have to do so the zombies don't, like, snap at him, because he's literally just standing there, and the zombie was walking by, so I was wondering if is the zombie kind of still human? Like they have human traits or like that, that was the only part that was kind of questionable about the whole movie. Yeah. So I was curious about the significance of that as well. I didn't know if it was supposed to be an impl- implying that after a while they lose interest or if the director was kind of beating us over the head a little bit with this idea that he, Sam has literally turned into a zombie himself, mm, yeah. right? He's basically like lost his mind. He yeah. has, been alone in all this amount of time and we'll talk about in a little bit he fucks up the one potential relationship he could have had in the apocalypse um but i was unsure of that moment myself um Mm. i think it's more likely that they were trying to imply like hey he might be alive but he's not really alive like he's living but is it a life worth living kind of thing and i don't know that moment doesn't really do much for me in terms of the movie as a whole like I think for what the director sets out to do with this, he executes on and succeeds at pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one little moment, I was like, eh, probably could have done without that. I wonder if it was one of those, like, the fan or the audience kind of chooses what they want to believe kind of moment. Like, Yeah, definitely it's ambiguous. Like, yeah, it's like either it's in his head or is he, like, like what, what, like what the situation is. Like, is he imagining him letting the zombie go or is he just kind of like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it was definitely a weird moment to have in the movie. Yeah, that would have made it would have made more sense if he kills Alfred, right? When he's right, about yeah. to leave, because yeah, and there's one point where he's so desperate for some type of companionship, right? He looks out the window, he sees a cat. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. oh shit, I'm gonna go rescue this cat. And then of course he gets to the point where he's trying to chase it down in the street, yeah. and then he almost gets ripped apart by three zombies, and he yeah. ends up scratching his leg, but he doesn't know that, right? He thinks that he got bit by one of the zombies, which prompts him to go sit in front of the mirror with a shotgun. That was a great. And he's like, if I turn it all, I'm just going to blow my head off. Right. And then we see like he falls asleep and clearly he's not a zombie, but then he almost kills himself accidentally by knocking the gun over. Right. Um, But that moment, it's like, yeah, he's not willing to become a zombie himself. And if he's formed this kind of one sided friendship with Alfred, I would have thought that if he views Alfred as a friend, he would want to like put him out of his misery of being a zombie. Right, right? exactly. A little more sense to me. Yeah, that's why I was kind of confused about that. It's like, well, he's a zombie stuck in there. 
honestly, the first thing I would have done is probably killed Alfred. And then where does the elevator take you? Because I feel like he, I, my first thought was take the elevator. Like, obviously, at a certain point, the, the power goes out. But like, where, like, is there a basement? Because I know he goes up. I don't think we really get to see much of him going down to the basements. Like, where did where does Alfred leave, or like, where does he live in this? And like, where does he have like maybe Alfred has more supplies that he can kind of deal with? I guess I don't know. I feel like that that would have worked out more for me at least. What did you think of how they utilize the apartment setting? Because this is, I think that this film is so many different genres, right? It's like part zombie movie, it's a horror movie, it's a survival movie. Yeah. What do you think about them utilizing the apartment setting though for this being like an apartment horror? Do you think they kind of utilized that setting to the full extent of its uh, storytelling potential? Um, yeah, so I feel like for me, it got confusing as to where, like there's a point where um, I think he finds a, a family that turned into zombies and then he kind of like locks them into the room, but we don't really get to see, like we get to see maybe two floor, two actual apartments. But other than that, like, I feel like there should have been more of it. But at the same time, the apartments just to me, it seems so confusing. I was like, where is he running through? Like, is it just a giant house? I thought it was literally just a hallway and like rooms, but it looked like he was running through a maze. I was like, I don't know. I kind of lost track of how at, at a point where the zombies do break in, he's kind of running through the apartment. And I couldn't really figure out where, where he was. Cause then he ends up in the room where he, there's a hole on the ceiling where he, that's where he, his old apartment was, um, the apartment under him. So I was, I was kind of confused as to the, the floor plan of the building, but I think I would have loved to see more of different houses. Cause you kind of, you kind of get to see, that he goes and gets supplies from a couple of apartments or uh, yeah apartments but other than that it's just like i don't know i get maybe i guess adding more more apartments would have just made the floor plan even more crazier but. yeah maybe instead of thinking about the apartment complex as a whole do, how do you think they utilized his apartment then kind of just how he sets it up to be this survival base camp basically i, I kind of liked it i like that he kind of cleaned it up and he kind of tightened things up and uh, um yeah overall like his apartment was like yeah like that was his home base like he had a nice bedroom and all that um you learn a lot about you learn a lot about him just for a yeah because i mean again it's a single singular focused film in terms of characters mm -hmm. right it's him by himself for 85 yeah. of the movie and yet i feel like you get a really good sense of who he is because yeah. the next day when he wakes up in the apartment and everybody's dead and obviously there's blood everywhere what is one of the first things he does? He starts cleaning the floor because yeah. they had a party there the night before and it's covered in blood. Like that's not something that I feel like a lot of people would do. And yeah, that's it's not a priority. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the zombie apocalypse, that's for yeah. sure not a priority. Yeah. And I don't even think it was like him being like, yeah, I, sh I, I should probably do this. This was like somebody's place one time, but it's more just like, I would never think to do that in Apocalypse. I'd be yeah. like, fuck it. I might be dead tomorrow. I'm not going to waste my time that's, cleaning yeah, that's the, the last floor. Thing I would do. <laughs> but um, I mean, you also kind of learn a lot about him through his actions, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah. what happens when the first instance of him going into another apartment is, is that when he's cleaning the floor, he hears voices and then he hears a gunshot and he thinks somebody's shooting at him when in reality, the downstairs neighbors kill themselves. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of, you learn a lot about him in that scene where it's not just like, oh shit, I almost got shot. It's, oh, those bodies need to, are gonna be decomposing. And at one point, like they've been decomposing so long that he can yeah. smell them yeah. from upstairs. 
And instead of throwing the one body or the both bodies out of the building, like he walks to the ledge of the balcony at one mm-hmm. point, he's like, I'm just going to have to dump these bodies. He's like, actually. And then he gives them this kind of like impromptu burial in their back room. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you could still smell them, but it speaks a lot to his character mm-hmm. that he's willing to do that in an apocalypse and still be kind of very thoughtful and to humane a certain point, like, yeah, humane and maybe yeah. spiritual too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that, that scene came off as being like, he's still a human and not mm-hmm. like a piece of shit person, I guess. Yeah. But to be honest yeah. with you, I would have dumped the bodies over because at that point it's like, right. you're either the apartment is going to stink up and you have to deal with it or like, there's no need for them to be there. So I would have just thrown it over the, over the balcony, but yeah, it really shows like Sam's character. He's kind of like the only human being left basically. That's, that's like, it kind of like came off to me as being like, yeah, he's still, yeah, he's stuck in this place, but he's still a human at the end of the day. And like, he's alive and trying to, I guess, kind of keep this humane tradition of burying people, although he can't really bury them, but mm-hmm. give him a proper go yeah. away. That, but also kind of just, you see how he regiments his life, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't turn to suicide very quickly, whereas we see some people do, granted. Right. The guy downstairs, his wife got bit because we get that brief shot of her hand and it's got bite marks. And then, of course, yeah. I suppose he is d- too distraught to go on living by himself. So that's when he kills himself. But anyways, you see Sam and how he kind of he gets his uh, his meal prep going in one mm-hmm. corner where he's like weighing out food and yeah. he's writing down and all that. And then he's keeping track of how many days he's been there. At one point, we know he's a musician. He builds basically an, a, uh, <laughs> yeah. a makeshift kind of like music room where he's yeah. like banging bottles and all these things to keep himself Sporting, somewhat yeah. entertained yeah but then also he's like running through the apartment doing laps and all this stuff and i mean it's again it's very interesting that the focus of the film is more on him trying to find reasons to be alive rather than him constantly kind of like oh a zombie broke through the front door again i have to f- kill him and then board up the door like had they had that approach I feel that this film would just be uh, just another generic zombie yeah. movie, right? It would just be, okay, this is a zombie movie, but this time it's set in France instead of set in New York or Los Angeles yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it gave it it gave it more of a different output, I guess, or outlook in the sense of like we're more focused on how do human beings survive in such an instant, an instant um, instead of dealing with the fact that zombies constantly want to break in, which they don't unless he's when he starts making noise but other than that like um i i really i think that's what sets it apart from all the other movies that you're more focused on that singular character of sam how does he deal with being isolated by himself in such a crazy time where there's zombies would have never expected after taking a power nap i guess from alcohol (laughs) um i think that would have been a crazy thing to go to a party pass out wake up and everyone's dead i would have lost my mind i don't know i mean this is a, the title of this movie I absolutely love. Yeah. This is one of my favorite titles of any movie and it very it's very clear that it's the title of a novel. I yeah. mean it's adapted into the title from French. I obviously cannot pronounce the original title, but right. like this this title The Night Eats the World. I mean, and pairing that fantastic title with the kind of intro uh, yeah. title screen where it's kind of just these dark colors that are swirling and it literally is the title card getting engulfed by darkness uh-huh. for him. Yeah. He's going to sleep. He's closing his eyes. He's engulfing himself in darkness and sleep and he wakes up and the world has been eaten 
fit literally in some regards in terms of all of the zombies having taken over Paris and decimated Paris. I mean, it's a fantastic title. I, I yeah. just love it. Yeah, it's very fit. It's definitely, I would say, probably one of my favorite indie movies um, I could think of. Definitely up there with one of my favorite zombie movies in the sense of realism. Like, it just feels like it's so, it's so possible like that's like i just love the fact that the zombies aren't your not your usual uh noise making zombies where they're very quiet but they're very almost like squirrel like to me like they like <laughs> yeah. they'll like hear you and they'll like turn around and just start running and it's i think that's so scary the fact that when he when he does end up breaking outside where you see he's hiding behind the door and all of a sudden you see the zombie running at him i was like jesus like that's so frightening and they don't make any noise they're literally just running and it's just like yeah. The only noise they make is like their teeth ch- uh, chomping. Yeah, right. right. They don't. They don't kind of do the the traditional like, like roaring or screaming that right. some zombies do. Instead, you just hear their teeth chattering to or the like point their where arm movements. Yeah, yeah, and it, you can hear them making noise, but it's not an. It's more like, oh, there's something moving, and then you see them and they're like moving crazy and they're yeah. barely making any noise, and it just comes off as being very creepy in a way that. I don't know. I feel like most zombie movies were so desensitized to it because it's like you hear them before you see them, but it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, it's a zombie. It's a, a horde of zombies roaring. Right. Whereas in this, it's only ever two or three zombies that are charging him other than yeah. when he kind of has that town hall meeting outside the window when he's <laughs> yeah. shit-faced or crazy and he's banging on the drum and whatnot. But right. I mean, there is something to that that this film doesn't feel the need to kind of throw like Oh, obviously it's an indie film, so it doesn't have the budget to do it, but they don't feel compelled to try to throw like a World War Z mob right. of zombies at him the entire film. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I feel like I love the fact that it's just it's just based on what Sam does that'll attract the zombies. It's not the fact that the zombies are out looking for him. Because when he doesn't do anything, their zombies are just literally just chilling in the street and like also pretty impressive how they did the like the uh i don't know if they use cgi or like prosthetics for the arms and the limbs missing i thought that was really well done yeah um, the makeup design in this yeah. is fantastic for right. how kind of minimalist and low-key it is yeah yeah that's definitely it, it adds yeah it adds it adds a lot to the horror factor and the realism of someone getting their arm ripped off or their leg i think one of the guys's whole shin is just snapped off and that you can see the bones are sticking out. It's just like really well done. I really, I think it adds a lot to the uniqueness of the movie in the sense that it kind of helps us separate itself from every other zombie movie we've seen. I mean, they rese- the zombies themselves still resemble people. And right. that is the most yeah. depressing part and the bleakest part. I mean, this is an incredibly bleak film from start to finish. Not only, mm-hmm. obviously, the reality that, hey, the world has been overrun by zombies or we assume if this is the shape that Paris is in, safe to assume it's going to be like that everywhere right Um, but i think just this idea that like again we're picking up into a zombie uh, apocalypse 12 hours into the apocalypse Mm -hmm. they still resemble people they don't resemble monsters really like you said when we see his girlfriend at the beginning and he gets her attention she turns her head the only reason you jump is because the side that you start seeing looks normal and then she turns and yeah a fucking the right side of her face has been mauled. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, especially the most, one of the bleakest parts of the film for me is when initially he goes to the apartment below where it's a family of three. It's a, mm. a wife, a husband and a daughter. And he opens the door and then the mother comes tearing around the corner to get him. 
So he closes it and marks off the door with an X. Eventually, though, him and Sam, uh, Sam and Sarah run out of food. They have to go in there to get food, and he drills a hole in the door, and then he shoots each of the zombies. And you don't see him shoot them. You see him fire a gun, but it doesn't show him literally the act of them getting shot. Right. And yet there's a brief scene where he enters the apartment. He walks over their corpses. He walks over the, the husband, the wife, and then he steps over the little girl's corpse. And it's like, fuck, man, this is yeah. so much bleaker than yeah. a lot of zombie movies. This concept of like, not only did you just have to kill a child, but she didn't look like a monster for the most part. Yeah, She probably had blood on her. Yeah, she probably had a wound of some sort, but it's not like she is this shambling thing that barely resembles a person anymore. Mm-hmm. Like this is 12 hours into somebody turning. And yeah. the reality is, is that there's a good chance that he can't tell the difference whether if she was a person or not, other right. than obviously he knows that they're all zombies, but mm-hmm. it's just the idea that you could pull a trigger on somebody that doesn't necessarily look like a monster. It looks yeah. like an injured child. I mean, yeah. that's just a super bleak angle that, I don't think a lot of zombie movies take. Yeah. And for that reason, like the violence is very memorable in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. For me, I what I also did enjoy is the fact that they didn't explain much about the virus. Like he just kind of wakes up because I feel like that would have just taken a left turn and it would have gone off the rails. Like, I just love the fact that he just kind of wakes up and there's just zombies there. And like, I kind of like that mystery. Like sometimes there's certain movies where you kind of need to. And I feel like this movie, you definitely didn't need to because you just know, like everybody knows, oh, oh, there's a virus outbreak. It's just like everybody knows about zombies, how they come about, I guess. It's like virus outbreak and everyone, I don't know. I just feel like it's the fact that they don't mention it. I, I love that because it, it kind of keeps more of a mystery. And you kind of, honestly, you kind of forget that there was an outbreak. You kind of are, for me at least, I forget that the, how did it, I didn't really care much about how it started just because you get focused in the moat in the, in, in Sam's kind of point of view of like, he's just out there to survive. And we focus more on Sam and less on the zombies. The zombies are just like kind of a side effect of don't go outside. You're kind of stuck in this building. So I really enjoy that about it. Absolutely too. And I mean, it's so singular focused on Sam that had they tried to introduce this whole narrative then about how this is how it started, this is how we're gonna try to get a cure or something to that extent, like it would just veer from its very direct purpose and kind of concise purpose that it's not really a story that is very intricate and yet it's very singular focused again, like I said. And I think anything that would try to replace that or compete with that would just make it feel too scattered and I mean, the scale of the film is so small. It's about this one person in this one location during an outbreak. And this idea that all of a sudden we're going to try to think about the outside world in a larger context of like civilization. And are we going to be able to continue as a civilization or is this the end of humanity? Right. The stakes would be too high. Mm-hmm. So the it would just make the whole movie seem very unrealistic. Yeah. Again, like we talked about how grounded it feels in yeah. a lot of ways because it's focusing more on the psyche rather than getting shredded by zombies or whatnot. I think that had we started dealing with like end of the world stakes or the stakes that are so high with Mm -hmm. him, it would be a very jarring contrast, I think. I feel like it would have made the movie a lot longer than it should have been too. Yes. And I think, I personally think that the the timing for this was great too, because it's not, 
I don't know how it's like an it's hour like 90 yeah like 90 yeah an hour 30 out of 40 or something like it was just like i thought it was a perfect amount like you get you get to see all right there's zombies cool he survives it kind of gets to like he's kind of losing his mind uh and then it's kind of like to the end you're already there like it's there's just straight to the point and there's no like in between hanging time um which i kind of like there's just like very short and to the point it's it was very enjoyable and there's no lagging time so i feel like had they explained how the virus went and what they're trying to do to cure it it would have just made it like a two-hour movie when it didn't really need to be yeah and i think in talking about kind of the length of time and how well the movie utilizes its time i think sarah shows up at the perfect moment right? yeah all of a yeah. sudden this girl shows up in his house and he shoots her that's his introduction right. to her right he hears yeah. her running around his place on the other side of the door after he had that nightmare where right. he hears somebody breaking in and then six it's or seven zomb- zombies run in and eat him while he's sleeping. And now he thinks that that is what has happened again. Mm-hmm. And then he shoots Sarah and he starts to pull the bullet fragments out of her stomach Oof. and pour yeah. alcohol on her. And then she's all healed. Yeah. And they start kind of forming this bond and this relationship. And she eventually, after living there with him for an undisclosed amount of time, she's like, we have to leave. Right. We have to see what is out there in the larger world and all these things. And she starts talking about this concept of using the rope equipment that she has or the hiking equipment and swinging from their building to another building, basically telling him to try to do the impossible, to take a leap of faith. Right. And then the bomb gets dropped on us that she never recovered from her wounds. Yeah. That he shot her. He tried to revive her and he just left her body in that back room and she's been dead even though... He has had these full-blown conversations with her. I mean, what did you think of that whole... Uh, I think it's only like 15 or 20 minutes of the movie, but what did you think of that whole segment? I thought that was the that was the best plot twist into a zombie movie I've ever seen, I think. I thought that was so cool. Like, that's the last thing you would have expected in a zombie movie. I honestly... Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, she survived. Like, that's pretty impressive. Like, you just got shot with a sawed-off shotgun in the chest and you survived. And then it's like, you come to realize that yet again he's losing his mind like he's just full-blown gone at that point because just the fact that he had a dream about the zombies breaking into the apartment and getting him while he's sleeping and then something exactly like that happening and he wakes up and it it kind of just that's when you slowly like well at that point i think you really get to see that he's kind of losing it very very bad and then to have him basically talking to himself this whole time when the when Sarah has already been dead, like that just really emphasizes the fact that he's lost it. And I think that twist was it was probably up there one of the better I I, I thought about like M. Night Shyamalan's movies kind of twist. I was like, that's pretty impressive. Cause I would not have expected that on a zombie movie. Yeah, I think that is very unexpected and it gives the story another added layer of the fact that like his psyche has taken such a big hit yeah. that he not only is imagining conversations with people, but he's having intrusive thoughts as well. This mm-hmm. idea that yeah. she starts talking about, you need to swing from one building to the other and she's actually dead. That's yeah. his body or his mind telling him like, hey, you should try to do this thing that would probably kill you. Yeah. And yet that's like a very literal depiction of an intrusive thought. This idea mm-hmm. of your mind telling you to do something that you know is gonna kill you. And yet he follows through with it, right? Yeah. And it's very interesting to me that he decides to burn the tapes before he leaves. Yeah. So something I didn't realize on my first watch through was he has these tapes that at the very beginning of the movie, he's trying to get the tapes back from his ex-girlfriend. 
that's the whole purpose of him being in the apartment. And that's what essentially saves his life throughout the outbreak, right? Right. So if he didn't go in that back room, he'd be like any of the other hundred people that are in the apartment who are spread across, uh, spread across the floor and whatnot, like yeah. dead. And so his burning those tapes, I feel like, is him leaving behind his old life in a big way. Because yeah. what I didn't realize was is that the tapes that he's listening to throughout the movie that have people talking in, um, I believe it's Norwegian. Yeah. And it turns out that the act, the lead actor is Norwegian. And I, I obviously oh. didn't, we didn't know that because they don't yeah. say that. But I guess we're led to believe with that information that the tapes are tapes from his own life. It's him having conversations with, I would assume his mother or his father as a child. Oh, wow. So that concept of him literally burning the tapes before he leaves the apartment mm. when all the zombies break in, it is very much him kind of accepting that I am not the person I used to be. Yeah. I'm kind of saying goodbye to that old sane version of Sam and I'm embracing this new apocalypse uh, unsteady survivor. Yeah, that, that was, I didn't like, I so for me, I thought the tapes were the recording of his ex-girlfriend for some reason like there's people talking i don't know why but i thought he was just kind of like in love with her or something because you can definitely tell when they when he f goes to the party he's like she she has a boyfriend or whatever and he's kind of looking at him like very jealous like so i thought i honestly thought it was like recording of his conversation that he had recorded with his ex-girlfriend while they were dating and then he's kind of leaving that in that past but i didn't know that it was like kind of his life thing that's kind of cool Maybe that I was one it. of those. I only picked up on it because I read about it. Or I, I get. Okay, let me rephrase that. I did not pick up on that. I read about it uh, online, but uh, it does make sense because all the conversations. There's clearly a woman's voice who, yeah, right, could yeah. have been the girlfriend, but the the male voice in it is a child. So uh, I'm pretty sure that it kind of is supposed to tie into this idea that he's a musician. Throughout the movie, he's recording when he's making music, banging on the bottles and all of these things. Yeah, yeah. and so that is his last kind of holding on to his old life. Because right, periodically yeah. in the movie, he starts listening to that. He mm -hmm. listens to music on the iPod he finds. And yet in burning those tapes, he's essentially saying that life is over. Yeah. If I keep clinging to the past and I keep clinging to companionship, it's going to end up killing me because the only times in the movie he almost dies, he tries to befriend the cat. Yeah. He almost dies. At, eventually he goes downstairs and he, the zombies break through and all of these mm -hmm. things because he's tied up with uh, Sarah and whatnot, who doesn't end up being real. Yeah. Uh, so in leaving behind that old life, like if we were to see a sequel, which I don't think we should, they should even no, consider doing because so, yeah. uh, it's so perfect as it is. That is the direction I think he would take. I think he would be very scared to try to form relationships because yeah. he realizes like, yeah, that almost killed me. And I've basically become incompatible with people if you want to survive in this world. Right. Also, also though, I felt like it was kind of stupid for him to burn the tapes in the house. I mean, not realizing that they could set off the alarm, which it did. But I don't know. I just feel like, like, why would you, I guess he burned the house or he burned the tape, either not thinking that it was going to catch everything on fire or set off the alarm. But to me, it was like, he kind of burned it in, in the bathtub because he kind of wanted to burn down the whole building maybe just so he doesn't have to go back to that. Like he has no other safety. So he has to move forward. Um, but that's overall, yeah, yeah that, that's, that was my thought. I was like, cause like, I'm sure there was other ways he could have like got rid of those tapes other than just setting them all off on fire in a bathtub, which I understand, I guess you can turn it off because you can just, but there's no water at the same time. So it was like, it's very I don't symbolic. know. To me, 
yeah to me it it came off as to the sense of, to the point where it's like he's burning in the bathtub but the whole building's gonna catch on fire so he has to leave he's forcing himself to leave but what did you think of the uh the ending i mean he gives into those intrusive thoughts and he swings from one building to the other and he basically breaks his back almost like, yeah that was i don't know how you rough landing that. yeah yeah slamming into the side of the the uh, adjacent apartment building but yeah. then he climbs up and he starts mm-hmm. looking out and he looks in a specific direction because he hears something but we don't see what he hears and then yeah. he kind of just gazes out upon the rows and rows and rows seemingly endless apartment buildings that look identical to the one he was at i mean what yeah. did you make of that ending i thought in my in my head i was like yeah he's fucked he's not making out of it that was my first thought i was like dude that's a lot of build like there's literally no way like from those roofs it seemed like there's no stair to get inside the building so you would never get in there so you literally have to jump and jump and jump from building to building and if you keep slamming the way he slammed that first building he's not gonna make it it's only a matter of time before he like breaks his skull or his back or a bone and that's the end so i don't know for me it was like for me it was an ending to the point where it's like there shouldn't be a continuation but to me it's like he kind of just dies there because there's no way he could just keep jumping from building to building unless he figures another way to do it. I think it is the bleakest possible ending for a movie that is incredibly bleak throughout. And it's very yeah. fitting. Like, I don't find yeah. that it's a disappointing ending. I feel that it's very fitting because mm-hmm. had the movie ended on an upbeat note or an optimistic note, I mean, that's just in conflict with the entire tone of the entire movie leading up to that yeah. moment. This idea that that final shot is more haunting than anything else that we could have mm-hmm. seen whether it's a bunch of zombies that are everywhere or you see the eiffel tower on fire or whatever yeah it's this idea that a he has nowhere to go or he yeah. has no goal in mind of where to go and yet the place that he just escaped barely with his life on multiple occasions that ended up with him murdering the only person that knew that he was alive because we do learn that about sarah when he's going through her camera she has mm-hmm. pictures of him looking through the window and that's why she was in his building. It wasn't random. She was looking for him and kind of the idea that, okay, that was his first interaction with somebody. He ends up killing them. He's not going to be forming any other friendships or potential romances as it were with anybody he meets. He's very kind of cut off from people now completely. What is the quality of his life going to be? Is he just going to go from apartment to apartment and have these close calls for the rest of his life? Is he, gonna fling himself off of a building to kind of tap out i mean there's a lot of different alternatives well i guess the reason it's ambiguous is there's lots of outcomes he could take right and yet none of them have a good outcome none of them have a good uh ending for him there's there's no positive (laughs) coming out of that so it's like it's either you die or like you meet someone and you i mean you're still crazy because you you've experienced any, any sense of real life you've basically killed or almost been killed by and it's like yeah there's no positive way of looking at it like you can try to jump from building to building but if you don't work on your landing you're not gonna make it to the (laughs) next one you know yeah so yeah i don't know i was gonna say there's no real like there's no real need for a second if they're i hope they don't make a sequel because i thought this was just perfectly fine out of the way it is but there's no way to continuate this movie and i mean that ambiguity leaves it up to the viewer to realize his predicament like yeah, it's, yeah. there's no short term or really long term success for him now it's just like mm-hmm. this is his reality and it no matter what he attempts there's going to be a bleak outcome because yeah. the things that he's had to do already to survive 
they've changed him for the worst. Yeah, again, right. survival, I would say, survival is possible, but finding a reason to survive is much more difficult, right? This idea yeah. that, sure, he finds another apartment or he finds a group of people, he still has to grapple with all the things he did to survive. And then in the end, it's like, well, shit, was it worth it if I can't even recognize myself? If I've abandoned right. my old way of life to live in this new world, at the end of the day, is that worth it? Right. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I mean, to come in contact with people again, it's like, it's going to be tough to deal with. Because, like, first of all, just the fact, like you were, like you said, it's like, all right, so he's killed a little girl, which is kind of rough in the head. Like, although she is a zombie, and then you kill the only person that was actual human being. And it's like, you come in contact with other people. It's like, well, what are those people going to do to me? Like, you also have that part where it's like, what are those people willing to do to survive? Are they willing to kill me and eat me kind of thing or what? Like some kind of like, I don't know, some weird shit they could do to you or use you as bait and like, you know, so they can run away or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a testament to the quality of the storytelling in that they yeah. knew when to end the movie. They told right. the, sto the tale of Sam and all of the trials and tribulations he has to take to survive. And then they, they had the courage to end it ambiguously because this is an ending that I, I guarantee you 100% a lot of people did not fucking like. I yeah. guarantee it. Like, not to make broad statements or generalizations, but I'm going to make one right now. I guarantee you people, there's a certain portion of people that saw that ending and they're like, that's fucking stupid. We don't know what happened to him. That was all <laughs> yeah. for nothing. That type of shit. Like, this is a movie that if you are looking for the generic kind of stock standard zombie movie, this movie infuriates you to your core. I guarantee it. That there is a ton of people that are like, well, there was no point to this. And yet you and I, we both appreciate it for the fact that it is very minimalist. It's very different from a traditional zombie movie. Mm. And it captures the reality of what that situation would be like. It's not the walking mm. dead. You're not going to find a, a new community of survivors that start a new civilization. Like that's not realistic because yeah if that society were to form, it's going to be filled with fucked up people like Sam. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Nobody is yeah. going to be the same after this. And yeah. anything that shows kind of like apocalyptic survivors in a scenario where they're able to kind of go back to some semblance of life before the apocalypse, like that's not how people react right. to yeah. situations like this. It's so funny that you said that people would, uh, would say, oh, this is a stupid ending because Sarah said the same thing. <laughs> she said, what? She was like, what? That was the end? I was like, yeah, that was the end. <laughs> she was like, what? Your yeah. significant other was not a fan. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought, I mean, like you said, yeah, if they find another civilization, it's kind of kind of have this walking dead loop where it's like not everyone's stable, not everyone reacts the same way, and they're all crazy in, some, in their own ways. And then it's like... I don't know. I feel like it's just very like repetitive. And then it's like you killed someone, someone takes over and it's just like, it's just very repetitive. I'm glad they just cut it off there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that is what makes this a pretty remarkable zombie movie. And I feel like, yeah, we still get good zombie movies or entertaining zombie movies. Yeah. And yet we don't get a lot of zombie movies that do something differently than exactly what you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Sure. We get a handful of them every year that kind of challenge the status quo, but it's definitely in the minority in terms of just the, yeah. the volume of creative, uh, the creative outputs that we get in terms of zombie films that kind of push the status quo. But uh, the, the Night Eats the World, I mean, this is a fantastic zombie movie for anybody that's looking for something 
outside of the normal realm of kind of just uh, headshot survivors and whatnot yeah. um, is a little different, but it's different in the best way possible in that it kind of captures a angle of the zombie apocalypse that not a lot of them focus on. But so thanks yeah. again, man, for uh, picking this movie for us to chat about. Yeah, no problem. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow at Daily Horror Habit on Instagram and at Daily Horror Pod on Twitter.